When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're back for part two of the discussion about the defense against the Bengals. There's some some good performances to talk about. We're going to get to that in this uh, uh, this half. Uh, joining me is Sarah Ellison. Sarah, how are you doing? Good, good. Glad to be here. Always a pleasure to talk football with you. We had a, a spirited discussion about John Harbaugh and his communication techniques in the first episode that I hope you'll go back and listen to. And in addition to some just good discussion about uh, Daryl Worley, among other people, and David Ajabo's playing time. Uh, so go back and download that. It's a, it's a relatively short episode for, for uh, what you're used to from uh, film study. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, so Sarah, uh, before we, we go on here, I need to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will brutally murder your thirst. Uh, please give their product a try. They've been very good to us. Let's get back to talking about the defense um, in this game. And, and, you know, one of the points you were making more than once, I thought, in that first episode, which is fine, obviously, I'm not trying to beat you on that, was, was that the Ravens were not finishing mm-hmm. on a lot of their pass rush. And this has been kind of symptomatic of the Ravens this year, that they've 
they've had a lot of sacks which have been dependent on initial pressure and then cleanup as opposed to Aaron Donald runs in the background or, or TJ Watt runs in the backfield and takes your quarterback down immediately. Uh, there just hasn't been too much of that. Even Houston had a great run in his hot streak of sacks of being a cleanup guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, you don't see too many guys just like, you know, making a move and, and getting back there. The Ravens do not have, you know, the TJ Watts or Aaron Donald's of the world. And so, um, I thought, I feel like, you know, the Jabba one is exactly what you described is JPP got the initial pressure and it forced, you know, uh, Burrow to go out of the pocket to his right. And then that allowed Ojabo to come back in and, and, and get the sack strip. So, uh, yeah, that happens a lot. And I think maybe the one where they had to split the sack between Houston and, uh, Odafayoe, which poor Justin Houston. Yeah, I, I was sorry to hear that. <laughs> Lost that 1.5 million, I think, just because he didn't hit that 10th sack. So now he's nine and a half. He initially celebrated with the somersault. So um, Odafeoe owes him at least dinner or something. I would <laughs> um, hope so. <laughs> to, to try to make up for that. maybe. So anyway, that one, I feel like they both kind of got there. Um, maybe maybe Houston would have gotten it on his own if, if, if Odafe didn't get there. But you're right. That's a good way to explain it is there's just nobody going in and just dominating and getting a sack. It's it's you know pressure from somewhere else and then somebody else comes in to help. Yeah, they've they they were very conservative in their rush against Burrow. It was almost exclusively mm -hmm. a four man rush. I'm going to get to the numbers in a second. Almost no variation there. Very limited pass rush deception, and I think that's smart. Burrow gets rid of the football the second fastest after Brady of anybody in the National Football League. In the first game, it was all ball a quick, ball a quick, ball a quick, mm -hmm. left and right to wide receiver screens, swing passes to running backs, screen passes, all of the things that make you pay for rushing more or being a super effective rushing team. Uh, you know, it, it, that it, McDonald, I thought adapted pretty well to who Burrow was. Obviously they didn't have a lot of success throwing the ball period, but uh, I'll give you the numbers here if, uh, if you don't mind. So for the game, they rushed 41 times. They rushed four for 154 yards, 3.8 per play. Three times they rushed five for 16.0 per play. So 48 yards on those three plays. Uh, so they, they really were doing the Bengals a favor anytime they rushed additional men. That was often Kyle Hamilton who would be off the slot, although a lot of these four-man rushes were more complex four-man rushes where somebody dropped outside linebacker, somebody else came. So you know, there's four-man rushes and there's four-man rushes, and there's still some pretty good, more complex, layered four-man rushes that are that are in that uh, in that group, particularly off simulated looks where they have more people at the line of scrimmage and you don't know who's coming. Yeah, I think your numbers back up. You know, a general sentiment I had coming out of the game is that when they did bring pressure uh, or extra extra men, it just seemed like Burrow was able to exploit it because just you know Jamar Chase one on one or these receivers one on one, he can just lob it up there and let them go get it, and so. Mm -hmm. Uh, it does feel like, you know, I'm sure that McDonald was holding it back a little bit. Um, and I like that he picks his moments for when he wants to bring extra pressure. Uh, but generally speaking, I, I like that game plan better where you have more guys back there. And even though, you know, you don't have the TJ Watt of the world, I think that that always worked out better where they only brought four and your numbers seem to bear that out. I appreciate that. I'm looking for my numbers for ample time and space and ball out quick and pressure. And I'm not finding them here, which is too bad. But uh, 
there was not a whole lot of difference, not the kind of normal difference you would see uh, between that, but the ball was out quick a lot, 17 times on 44 passes. The Ravens pressured 15 times, and they had an ample time and space another 12 times. So pretty good amount of ample time and space for, for Burrow in this game, but he wasn't super effective with it. I think it was 5.8 yards per throw on those, and it graded down to pressure being his worst, and it was under four yards per throw. But that even that, that's not the kind of difference you normally see in those numbers. Usually those numbers are you know four yards per play with pressure, and they might be 10 yards per play with, with ample time and space. So um, the Ravens did, I think, a pretty good job dropping to coverage, taking away those outside wide receiver screens. And you mentioned this in, in the first show, but you know, they they did a wonderful job on those. Bunch of bunch of tackles for loss, a bunch of tackles for very short gains, um in, in situations where the where the Bengals were not keeping up with the sticks. Yeah. And I thought Kyle Hamilton was the leader in that. Um there were some other guys out there too to help. I mean Roquan can make it out super quick and then blow people mm-hmm. up. Um yeah, but but Kyle Hamilton, he just seems to read those so well. Um, there was one, I think they got, a, they did okay on it was Worley was getting blocked. He almost got through and got the tackle on the screen. So that was the only one I could remember where he, he didn't get the tackle Worley didn't. And then they got some pretty good yards. But outside of that, I just felt like their screens were not, were not doing any, them any favors whatsoever. Yeah, this is one of the best yak teams in the entire NFL, and and they they use their wide receivers on a lot of slants and whatnot, and they had a couple of plays, but for the most part, the Ravens really had a lot of two plus zero, minus two plus zero, or they they had some minus five plus sevens, which is not really a lot of meaningful yak, obviously, if they if they're completing that pass behind the line of scrimmage, and they did a very good job in in restricting yak in this game. I don't have a I don't have a total separation of it, but uh, uh, was was very impressive. Uh, let me talk a little bit about, about what they did by deceptive elements. Cause in this game, as I mentioned, I don't think deception really serves you well against Burrow when he's going to get rid of the ball so quickly. Anyway, your, your, your stunts and your blitzes that take time to develop and any kind of green dog you want to come with all of those things, just, they take too long to develop relative to how long it is for Burrow to throw a football. Um, they had six off ball blitzes. All of those were singles. And the Bengals averaged 11.2 yards per play on that. So right there, uh, not successful, small sample size, but not successful. They had two stunts, four and a half yards per play. That's very low for a ball game. And it's very low for a game where you don't blitz very much because you generally stunt. Your your available universe of stuntable plays are Mm -hmm. non-blitzes. And so you took six out of 44 out. You still had 38 opportunities to stunt and they only did it twice. That's, That's somebody telling them, Please don't stunt unless I call it. Yeah. And they they do some of that on the field. You know, Calais Campbell can just organize a stunt with Matt Abike or whoever he's next to, and they'll they'll do it. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that that's how I, you know, I figured those stunts would be called with with the play. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah. They have, the, they, they can do it either way. And Campbell had a good interview about this over this, uh, after, between seasons. And he said okay. the first thing was that, that yes, sometimes you get called from the sideline and and you have that. But if we're on field, we can call it ourselves as long as there is not a blitz coming. If there's a blitz coming, we have to respect the lanes and, and not do it. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to, to set it up that way. And so, yeah, again, I think the way you introduced that was was exactly the you know the correct way. Why why try to be deceptive if if Joe Burrow's getting the ball out, you know? in a couple of seconds, you know? And so that's why it's just like play them straight up and put more guys in the backfield to, to help defend these, these receivers. Yeah. 
simulated pressures was the last thing. They had nine of those in the game. So that's the one thing they really try and do. They're not trying to do that to Burrow as much as they're trying to do it to the offensive line to get them to make a mistake in terms of assignment to then get in the backfield and potentially get a hand up in Burrow's face, block pass, whatever it might be. Um, it, it, it does disadvantage very significantly the player dropping from the line of scrimmage to, from simulated pressure. And that's something defensive coordinators, I think, need to be careful about. The famous moment in Ravens history, of course, and you're going to remember this, Sarah, was the, was the final play of 2017 when the Bengals had the long touchdown pass from Dalton to Boyd that was a double drop from the line of scrimmage. And Mosley had to try and drag that seam against Boyd, be mm. the underneath guy. And it's just, you're putting him at an enormous disadvantage to do that. So they, uh, uh, anyway, they've done some things. Uh, I, think they've, I think they've handled pressure very well. And I've been very impressed with McDonald this year in terms of variation of game plan. Yeah, so that's my question. Speaking of variation of game plan. So <clears throat> we keep talking about this was the right way to approach it. Do you do that again because it worked well for you? Or do you need to mix it up a little bit because the Bengals are like, okay, here's the way they're playing us. <clears throat> and here's the answer. Like, do you do you go back to this well and say, this is what works, let's stick with it? Or do you switch it up? You may see your coworkers cracking open a can in your 9 a.m. stand-up meeting, but it's most likely not beer. It's a new mountain spring water called Liquid Death. You've heard me talk about this many times. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. Plus, its infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to be a, bring a death to plastic bottles. Did you know plastic's not even really recyclable anymore? It ends up just going to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Meanwhile, aluminum is recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. You guys know how much I love Liquid Death. It's in everything I do. I take it to work. I take it to the ball club. I take it when I'm out with the kids. I got them here on my camp, on my desk because I'm recording a podcast. I'm always with it. What's cool now is I'm seeing you guys on Twitter talk about how you're grabbing your cans and going to work. So send me those stories about what you're doing and how you're cracking open a tall boy in odd situations because, hey, it's water. And not only is it water, it's the best water that you can go out there and buy. It's cold. You can drink it with whatever you're doing. So go on out there, get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool by going to liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think you have your entire toolkit of potential scheme and you change it at halftime if you want in, at halftime in this game they changed yeah. entirely they only had one five-man rush after halftime and they had zero blitzes after halftime wow. so that six deception was all in the first half and you know obviously that the, they were they were getting beat with it they have you know this is really good the organization realizes that they're getting what they're, what is beating them in real time and can make a change and yeah. i don't think we've seen that same ability from the offense, certainly not at the same level. I was just about to say, because you said it, it's nice to see the organization. I was like, well, at least on one side of the ball, because yeah. I'm not seeing it on the <laughs> other side. Yeah. I thought I thought you might uh, might appreciate that. Yeah. Let's let's uh, talk about some individual players. Got lots to talk about here. Uh, we'll do the alternation method, but who's the first one you want to talk about? Uh, the first one that I will talk about is. Um, well, I'll just start with Roquan Smith. I just feel like um, 
He was literally everywhere except for when he got what seemed to get the wind knocked out of him. Maybe there was something different than that, but he came right back out. But he got the first tackle of the game, and it was physical, and he had the last tackle of the game, and it was physical. And then he had a ton of tackles in between that. (laughs) Like he just was – he just he just didn't care yesterday. There was a time that it was 17-0 and he was playing like they were, you know, down by one in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I just I just love this man. I've never seen somebody like I've seen players come in and they definitely take right away and they fit into the locker room well. Marcus Peters is one of them, Clayus Campbell is one of them. You see players come in and they just fit in. But I don't know that I've seen somebody come in and set the tone mid-season and become the leader. And that's what I think he is. The way he would go and pump up Worley, who's a practice squad player who's been out, and the way he'd go pump him up, the way he would pump up Hamilton after he body slams Chase, the way he just he just sets the tone in a Ray Lewis type of way. Yeah. And it's fantastic to have. And so, you know, you would love to see Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen both, you know, uh, be here for the long haul, but I don't know that you can pay that much for one position. It's e- It would be an easy decision for me as well as Patrick Queen has been playing, and he has been playing well, and he started playing well it better before Roquan Smith got here. Yep. To me, Roquan Smith is another level, though. He is. A, it's an easy decision that he's the guy I want. Yeah. There's, there's so much I want to talk about from Roquan in this game, but I completely agree with you in terms of the choice between the players. It is going to be a choice of price. So if Roquan really wants $20 million, I don't know if he's going to get it, but he's going to get something pretty close to it, I would think, after the season he's had with the Ravens in, in particular. I do want to talk about that. 16 tackles in this game. 12 of them were solo. Four ended drives, which we mentioned in the first show. 11, 11 of 16 tackles that he was party to were defensive wins. That is just, that probably is one of the largest numbers in the National Football League this season. So I, I would like to know, by the way, but but 11 defensive wins in a single game is just mind-boggling. 11 tackles is rare. I mean, even for inside linebackers, you know, most of them might have two games a season where they reach 11 tackles, you know, and and then, you know, they're not going to be all wins, obviously. You, 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 you talking about winning relative to down and distance in this case, as opposed to relative to positive expected value, which some expected points, which some people do use, but e- either way, either definition, 11 defensive wins is just extraordinary for one game. Uh, here's the other thing about Roquan. He had been extremely mixed in terms of his performance with the Chicago bears. And in looking at some of the tape, when he came here, I tried to look at good games and bad games from PFF grading. Because that's that's the way I took it when somebody gets acquired. And there is some seriously mixed performance in that bag from him earlier in the year with the Bears. And to be honest, as PFF scores it, he, he's been up and down for his whole career, frankly, with the Bears. I think two things are happening here. One is Roquan Smith has come into an organization that really needs him to play at this level and to fit in the way you've just mentioned to be a leader in the way you've just mentioned, knows he's playing for his contract. I hope that's not the whole thing, but I don't think it is. Um, it, it just seems very natural, a, a natural fit. And the other thing is he's playing with much better players around him, and he clearly is benefiting from that right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's it's like, you know, good players elevate each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm sure it's nice for him too to have, you know, uh, a Patrick Queen next to him. 
And I'm sure it's nice for him to have these corners and these safeties, you know, who are, who are, you know, capable and bowling out too. So uh, it's, it's just been a, a, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I, I didn't, I, I thought he was pretty obviously a rental uh, when he got here. And now I'm not sure anymore. I, 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 I still think he's a rental because, you know, the, they got one year for a second and a fifth round draft pick. They got this year. So that's, it was an expensive rental. And frank, frankly, if the Ravens had that to do over again and it didn't improve their chances to sign Roquan Smith, I think they'd say no right now. I think they'd take the trade back because the, this year doesn't seem to be going anywhere. That's, that's all I'm saying. You understand? It's not not a great player. He is. It's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. year is not going anywhere. It's Lamar Jackson got hurt. I mean, um, listen, uh, like, if if Roquan Smith is determined to hit the market, that is the only way he's leaving Baltimore. If he's absolutely determined to see what's out there, because I have a hard time seeing that this defensive minded front office led still by Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta and just the roots. I just have an extremely hard time seeing them let him, them let him go. And, and again, that's why I say it's just all about Roquan. And if he wants to be, you know, wined and dined and see if he can squeeze out, you know, every last cent, because I do think the Ravens would give him, you know, uh, a top deal. I do. I do. I think that they would. Now, if it comes down to, you know, based off of money, can we afford both Lamar and Roquan? You know, you go with Lamar in that case. Um, but but outside of of that, I just don't I have a hard time seeing them let him walk. There's there's two things about this. They do not have any of the available market frictions to to um make him not walk. So they don't have a franchise tag to place on him because they have a franchise tag for Lamar Jackson. So right, right there you got a problem. Um right. and 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 uh you know I think the Ravens probably will say take it to the market. The problem is that other people are gonna see the tape of his play with the Ravens. And the only hope I have is that they look at his play with the bears too. And they say, well, wait a minute, we're seeing two different players here. Yeah. yeah. We, we knew Roquan was a good coverage player, good coverage linebacker. And there's some, there's definitely some positive things there, but we also saw some really mixed run defense and tackling when he's with Chicago, even though he had a lot of tackles, he also missed some tackles. And you know, this, this might not be the guy we want. I want to see a little bit more from him in terms of knowing what I'm going to do that. The other thing is from Roquan's perspective, this this one contract is going to be about sixty percent of his career earnings, uh, if if he plays it all the way through. So he can't afford to take it any more than you or I could afford to not take the great job when it comes along, uh, even if it means moving to a city that is our fourth or fifth choice. In my case, I probably wouldn't do it, but but I, I, a lot of people would. I mean, your 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 husband is a doctor; his services are needed all over. You don't mind me telling people that, do you? No, no, I don't. Okay, so yeah. so <laughs> I, I, he, I, he, there's a lot of places where he can do his trade, but but he has to be careful about which is the best opportunity for him, whether that means academically or 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 in terms of professionally, leadership, future earnings, whatever it might be. And and you know he's got to make the right decision more based on that than probably alone where he loves to live because I know he he took you away from the Ravens, right? Yeah. And he also, I believe, I remember when he came out here, he talked about how the trade in the midseason wasn't too bad because he's not married. He doesn't have a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, it's just him. So, uh, he's extremely mobile and, 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 you know, doesn't have to consider, you know, a wife or kids or school and all that kind of stuff. So he very well could. I, I just hope the Ravens, you know, do their best to not 
not let him go out and experiment with yeah. the market. Well, uh, me, me too. I'm right there with you. I, I would yeah. love to have him back. And and they'll have both back next year if they have Roquan back because Queen will play on the, te- uh, uh, will be here for two more years. Right, right. And I'm sure they'll give him the fifth year option. It's just they, they don't really have any easy way to get Roquan back at anything less than a, than a market value uh, rate, which means the value of the trade was all in what he could do for the Ravens this year. Uh, I, am I turn to name a player? Yep. Okay. So I, Brent Urban has been a guy who has been playing well for a while now, but he had several good plays in, in this game. Uh, he most notably on the fourth and one play completely sniffed out what was happening and was in on top of Burrow, uh, before he get the ball off Burrow had to, had to ground the football, uh, to, to give the ball over on downs to the Ravens, just a, 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 a terrific play on that. But a lot of people missed that he was the one who drilled, uh, drew the hold on Adenije to negate the Pirine RR17. And that ended up not only negating a, an, a run right for 17, but also stalling that drive because they went back to first and 20 and then they couldn't, they couldn't get a first down. Yeah, Urban, Urban, I, I didn't notice him as much. Uh, so you're looking, you know, deep in the trenches as to, as to what's going on. So I didn't notice him as much, but, uh, you know, He's he and and Clayus Campbell together. You know, I like the, I like them both together. Which is the next guy I was going to name was is Clayus Campbell. Sure. Um, I just think it's clear the difference the difference in the the run game with Clayus Campbell there. I think that without him last week against the Steelers, which we touched on already, it was was definitely hurting. He he clearly, I feel like he treated this game as if it was going to be his last regular season game. I don't know if he's for sure going to retire, but just in case he for sure was treating it that way. He was this close to getting his hundred sack. Oh, is his hundred is his 99 sacks. Is it regular season or, or regular season and post game combined? I'm I'm pretty sure it's regular season, but I'll check it for you while you're, while you're making your point. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I want him to get another chance (laughs) if it's, if it's both. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's just in there. Like you could see, the Ravens had posted a uh, a video of him pregame. He he was fired up. He was fired up, ready to go. And you know, I just feel like the defensive line was just so much more in control with him there. Yeah, he has ninety nine regular season and zero playoff sacks in fourteen games, which is interesting. Wow. So he does have a chance in the in the playoffs to get his one hundredth of career. of all type. Yes. Yeah, great. just career. Yeah. Uh, Campbell in the notes every week for what he does. The line is completely different with him there. And pretty incredible that he got up to, I think it was 31 snaps in this game. So, I, I you know, I looked at it as soon as I saw Nichols, who they'd elevated from the practice squad. They've never done this before this year otherwise, where they deactivated a player they elevated from the practice squad. Actually, wait a minute. They signed mm-hmm. him to the roster. They signed him to the roster. It's a, it's a, it's a slight difference, but they, but got they, you, got they, you, got you. But I still expected them to play him after they'd made a roster move like that with him, and they didn't do it. So it, it was that was strange. And then I thought, your oh, go-to place no, for wild card this, this round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports year. betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers 
can get a no uh, sweat bet and, uh, each day of the wild me, card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your I, choice, I you and if it that, loses, you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars. Well, like I said, I download mean, the DraftKings Sportsback app and use the code like, Film. Where are New they? customers when it, when they can bet five dollars on the eye. NFL so and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code. Film. That he was like, please play you know, responsibly for help. In the visit mdgambling. Like, or so call 1 800 gambler. He's in there, he 21 plus. Plays at a high level. Physically it present in like Maryland. Bonus, bonus issued as free bets. Year, One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. More, so, Eligibility, wagering, uh, and deposit restrictions apply. See draftkingscom MD for full terms and conditions. So it's hard to say, is he. You know, is he going to like catch, it? you know, how far do the Ravens go? Which I don't think it's going to be very far. And then, so because of that, does he want to again, get caught up in the, in the emotions of it and want to give it another try? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see obviously, but that, uh, that's, uh, boy, it, it would be exciting to have him back. I think, I just don't know if the Ravens can honestly afford him. I'll, uh, I'll move on. We'll talk about JPP a little bit. Uh, great mix of, pressure and run playing in this game now jpp didn't finish anything unless you consider a batted pass finishing a play which it sort of is uh he but but he made a uh number of contributions uh both on on run tackles uh he made the initial initial pressure as we talked about on the on the sack fumble for minus five a lot of really nice things that he did to uh uh, improve the defense here i've just been very impressed with his play he's a guy i think is is another one that you got to be concerned about the development of Ajabo and maybe anybody new that they draft as well. But you also got to think about, you know, these Jason Pierre Pell is a real value at his salary. And so is Justin Houston for that matter. Uh, should they be thinking about bringing back either or both of these guys next year? I'd say one. I feel like the JPP signing, not that I regret it at all because I agree. I mean, it just seems like every game he's getting pressure, he's, he's major value. But I think his, his signing is what is making. David Ojabo inactive because the Ravens were obviously in the beginning of the year trying to get through until they got, you know, uh, Tyus Bowser back and then Ojabo later. So they were very thin at outside linebacker, but then Houston went down and then that forced the Ravens hand to go out and get JPP and both. Mm -hmm. And as you said, when we were talking about trying to get Ojabo on the field, it's because these uh, elder statesmen like, like JPP and Houston who are, playing really well with the snaps that they have, that it's like they're not letting you take them off the field. So I would not bring back both, but I think one or the other would be nice. And and then that way you can get Ojabo in there. Incredibly, JPP 39 snaps in this game, which led all the Ravens outside linebackers. And right now what he's giving them is that that rush spot, he's giving them the run defense they really need. And also providing something in the past, but very much, you know, the guy's like in a lot of ways is Pernell McPhee, a guy mm-hmm. who he's, he's a, he, you think of him as a situational pass rusher. You think, can I just get 15 snaps out of this guy as a situational pass rusher? And then you bring him in, he's your best run defender. And yeah. you say, well, okay, we need you on the field for that too. <laughs> right. So uh, I, JPP has not quite played at the McPhee level of say 2018 to 19, but he's been a, a, a you know, a, a good player. And uh, and and a guy that that uh, I hope the Ravens will will give another shot to. And Justin Houston, boy, I think about that again too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next guy, which I've brought up several times, is Hamilton. So maybe I'll expand it and just say that uh, the the rookie class 
that we got to look at yesterday because they were treating it a, not totally, but a little bit more like a preseason between Ojabo and um, what's that? Kolar. Yeah, Kolar, likely, and um, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton Linderbaum. Yeah, Linderbaum. Linderbaum was the fifth one. It's like, okay, well, I mean, as we know, Jabo could have been a first-round pick. So, you know, you'd like to think that when he is, you know, fully back next year, you have essentially three first-round picks from this draft class with 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 Hamilton, Linderbaum, and potentially Ojabo here. And then and then to see the two tight ends step up, you know, that's nice. And and Kolar, man, when he caught that ball, I was like, I thought that uh, Mark Andrews was inactive. You know, <laughs> they just so, look so similar. They're just so big and carry defenders on their back after they catch the ball. So. Um, so anyway, this was more about Hamilton, but I wanted to expand it since I talked about him so much. But Hamilton near the line of scrimmage was, I thought, exceptional. Um, there was one play that I felt like uh, wasn't great. It was the slant that he got tackled at like right inside the goal line. I felt like Hamilton got beat on that play. Yes, you're right. Uh, that was... Boyd Boyd beat him on a on a quick slant that took the the since he did that to the one yard line then they end up scoring on the next one um he did miss on that blitz I kind of felt like he had to like readjust because uh Clayus Campbell had made it through and was diving so so those are the only two plays that I that stuck out to me as not positive ones but all the rest I mean like I said he is the key to stopping the Bengals screen game which they love to run yeah, he's he's absolutely wonderful at that, and and you know the Ravens playing zone defense against Burrow a fair amount uh, have a lot of opportunity to, to have a player like like Hamilton on either on either side of center to to make plays on that side. Been been great to do that. He's he's not a true slot corner, and he has weaknesses that are not perfect, but he's other unbelievable strengths that make him make him very useful in that role. Um, he, I don't even think he's the greatest matchup guy for some tight ends. Hurst is the one who gave him some trouble on the one pass. Of course, Hurst didn't have a big day. He had five targets for 14 yards on the whole day. But um, he, he that one play, he definitely beat Hamilton. Uh, I, I'm just I'm absolutely over the moon with who Hamilton is. And, and the fact that they should have somebody else who actually is a slot corner, a slot corner. And Hamilton can play some combination of a roaming Derwin James, dime back maybe if necessary if they don't bring back Clark and the back end at free safety when you want him there. Um, that will be much more in line with his skill set and in line with his instincts to go find the right spot on the field. And I think he'll become much more of a turnover machine when he's back there. All right. Uh, I don't uh, – let's see. Do I have one more player I want to talk about in this whole thing? <laughs> I was happy with what I saw with from Travis Jones in this game uh, that he seems to be making some making some space in the middle. Um, hasn't been great every game this year, but you know he's another one uh, of that rookie class. I thought who, who did a pretty good job in this game, and uh, and I am excited about who will be very much excited to have him at three tech and Pierce over the nose next year on some early downs. I think that is a potentially devastating group, and it's really more in line with who Jones is as being a huge guy big core who can throw around guards when it gets a one-on-one -on -one matchup yeah another one to add to the, to the rookie list as you said um again i just i didn't notice him a ton maybe you were more into the the, the trenches than i was 
Um, I think there are a couple of plays he, he kind of stood out to me. So, uh, you know, what I want to see eventually from him is, is kind of what everybody talks about out of his draft class is, you know, bringing into your pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, especially if these guys are kind of cleanup guys, that sure would be nice to bring it for the, from the interior and, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, bother, bother these quarterbacks and then these outside linebackers cleaning up. All right. Outstanding. Uh, we're not going to do MVPs after a loss today, so we'll call it there, Sarah. Tell folks where they can uh, talk to you online and and uh, listen to your pod. Yeah, Ravens Vault um, on anywhere you get your podcast, and also on YouTube, YouTube, and then Twitter at SG Ellison. All right, other folks out there, if you're listening to this this point in the defensive show, we already assume you're one of the really loyal people. Please, if you could, either write a review for the show is something you could do if you want to help the show. Another thing you can do is uh, tell one other person about it. Somebody who's maybe an older gentleman my age, you know, late 50s, who ha- is not a, a, a attuned to podcasts, and you can go show them how to hit the play button on filmstudybaltimore.com. They can listen right off their computer. Uh, you know, they should... There, there probably is a computer requirement <laughs> to listening to the thing, but but beyond that, it's a, you can make it a lot easier for them, and, and I'd really appreciate it if you could spread the word. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much again for joining us. Always a complete pleasure to talk football with you. Always fun, Ken. It's always good to, good to get deeper into the film, which you know is not what we do on our podcast. I mean, we talk about the game, but do not get this deep. So it's always nice to go back and watch the film a little bit deeper to prepare to try to match you know your film study wits here. So it's always a good time. Always appreciate and appreciate your insider as well. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.